And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one, drawing closer to the King of Kings and glorifying his name first. Okay. If I have sinned, what is that to you? When we sin, it's a drag, okay? If you sin, though, in this text we're going to get into, how does that affect God? This is actually Job 35, 6, but also the text we're going to cover. If your sins are many, uh, what does that do to God? But when we sin, the impact is harshest for ourselves in our engagements with God. No, you and I won't be cast aside, but yes, you and I will have muddy waters. Our sin affects our relationship with God, period, but not eternally, period. It will not affect our eternal relationship with God. It will clog the pipe between us and God now. We need to know the difference in order to keep the enemy away from getting a foothold in our minds. That's a big deal. All right, now, however, in the case of, of this case that we're going to cover, Job didn't sin with his reaction to the trial. He passed that with flying colors. He did falter about this and for about 29 chapters after. But he initially did a stellar job. Then he dropped into the sinkhole because of his crummy interpretations of what was happening. So listen to that. He was doing fine. Stuff happened. Job interpreted it. He interpreted it wrong, and then he sunk. Whoops! Whoopsie! And finally, even after all his post-trial whining, Job still has a moment of clarity. This is so amazing. I hope we get to this today. He recognizes that God lives now and forever, and when Job is done, his body will be decayed. But then he speaks of a sliver of dramatic hope. Without a body, he will still somehow see God, his faith lives. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and why they? So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. doesn't have to be only an answer to trivia question. You can just call us. 972-445-0770. That's 
1-800-242-1170. When you make that call, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite! All right, D, this is going to be the most specific one you've ever heard. <laughs> Get, you ready? Talking to Dynamite D is like going to the movies with three generations of your family. I don't know, like on Monday evening, like the 10th of April, 2023. And then you're seeing a movie with your son and your grandson that you actually want to see because it's in 3D. Sounds like today. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that pretty specific? <laughs> that's that pretty, like... I mean, one thing to see a movie, but see, I like 3D movies, and so we're going to this, and so, you know, my son's like, you think you like a 3D movie? It's like, I do believe my grandson will follow in my <laughs> steps. <laughs> so here's the thing. When you reach out to him, it could be for a question. It, it, it could be for a comment. could be uh, a prayer request, a praise report. Any of those things are fantastic, okay? You don't always have to just make it on the triv. You can call. You can talk. You can share. It's a fellowship. We do our best. I'll get the teaching in. Don't worry. I talk a lot, and I talk fast, so I get a lot of stuff in there. Probably uh, probably talk a little too fast. That's besides the point. That's why I have a little sign in my studio that says, slow down. I don't, but I try. Anyway, the point of that is simply this. Reach out to us by text, by email, by uh, by calling, and we'll do our best. If you got a praise report, let's share it. If you've got a an, an issue that you need prayer for, let's pray. Let's bring it before the Lord. The Lord is able to do anything, and he loves his kids, and it's the Father's good pleasure to bring the kingdom into their lives. So that's all good stuff. Here's your trivia question, by the way. And everybody should get this because most of you probably went to Easter service uh, yesterday. I went to uh, Easter service. I went to Sea Life. Uh, It's called Sea Life uh, Community Church, but they call it Sea Life. And the guy did a great job on the message just to really, and so I've I've heard a ton of these. I love Easter messages. He just did a phenomenal job. Here we go. Here's your trivia question. What was rolled away from the entrance of the tomb? What was rolled away from the entrance of the tomb? Referring to Jesus. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. What was rolled away from the entrance of the tomb? That is the question. You know, I never use this one line. Somebody's calling in, so go ahead and grab that. But I want to use this line. I'm going to start using it more because I, I need to use this. Okay. Uh, don't forget our show. It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. I happen to love that line. Did you hear that line? Let me repeat it so you can hear. Uh, our show, it's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Pretty much. See, and then I specifically says cross, which after I came up with that, I realized it's a cross, the cross of Jesus, between all those. See how that works. Yeah, you think I'm that smart. No, I'm not. But it sounds good. Somebody's ready to answer a trivia question? Let's send them on through. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, this is uh, Samson from the Eastern Orthodox Church. 
How's so we're going to celebrate that? Easter next week. Yeah, so. that's, that's all right. As long as you're celebrating. <laughs> that's all I care about. As long as you're celebrating and not protesting. Uh, okay, brother, here we go. What was rolled away from the entrance of the tomb? Well, there is a great magazine called uh, Rolling Stone. That's right. How big? And it was big, too, right? Although, although I got I to gotta correct you on one thing. That used to be a great magazine, and then it yeah. then it got worse. Uh, a big stone, a large stone, a sealed stone, whatever you want to say, that's great. Okay, all of that's true, and that's uh, that's one of the more important things because uh, big stones are hard to push. You if you try and move yeah. a, a two three hundred pound stone, this was bigger. <laughs> so it's yeah. like wow, that's a lot of stuff. Awesome. Good, good. Did you have a good Easter? Uh yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm glad. I had a good, good, good church. Yeah. Church yeah. and their production. So. Awesome. And uh, I also want to share a praise report, and I also want to ask uh, our beloved brother and sister to keep praying for me. Okay. I mean, since I've been uh, asked you to pray for my blood pressure, it's been, it's been doing uh, pretty good and steady. So just please keep praying. Yeah. Let's pray over it now. Let's do it. Okay. Is that is that what you want to pray for? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Father, we come before you right now, and I just ask you again, you are, I mean, there's no regulator in the universe like you, Lord. No way. You're the greatest. And so we ask you to help regulate the pace, the process, the anxieties, the simplicities, and the body flow that's taking place in Samson, that he would not have an up and down, but have steadiness in his blood flow and a steadiness in his blood pressure. Lord, I, I know, I just know from personal experience that sometimes anxiety makes it makes it peak up a lot more, and being amped makes it peak up a lot more. So, Lord, help him to have a calmness and a peace that can only come from you, not as the world gives, but, Jesus, the peace that you give. That's what he needs, and we pray for that in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, brother. Thank you so very much. You're welcome, bro. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye bye. All right, let's get into the Job text. We're going to remember. I told you we're going to jump around a little, so I'm going to be in nine, uh, chapter 19, and then I'm going to jump, uh, stay in chapter 19, but jump a bunch of verses. So we're going to do our best here, okay? And don't forget to play, pray for Sally Kirkwood. Okay, that's I'm just going to hear me say it a bunch of times because that's important. Uh, Job 19, verse 1, Job spoke again. How long will you torture me? <laughs> that's a great thing to say to your friends, isn't it? How long are you going to torture me? Okay, uh, how long will you torture me? How long will you try to break me with your words? Ten times now you have meant to insult me. So just so you can know in the scripture when that kind of phrase ten times, that's not always literal. Sometimes that's an expressive term, the poetic term, which is why Job is in poetry. Like, ten times you've done this, even if they only did it like seven or eight. That's not trying to be exact. It's an it's a, it's a emphasis. Ten times now you've meant to insult me. You should be ashamed of dealing with me so harshly. And even if I have sinned, that is my concern. You're trying to overcome me using my hum- humiliation as evidence of my sin, but it is God who is wronged me. Okay, so this is Job. Statement is wrong. He's wrong. This is, God did not wrong him. That's not what's going on. But he is right in this, and this is very powerful. 
even if I have sinned, that is my concern and not yours. And let me say something about this. This is, I, I got to say it wisely and carefully. When we sin, it's a drag. Okay, it is. It's, 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 you, you know when you've done something wrong. You even get the conviction from the Holy Spirit. Maybe it takes you a little while longer because you're being hard-hearted. I don't know. But then the conviction comes in. You're like going, ay, ay, ay. In Job 35, 6, it says this. If you sin, how does this affect God? If your sins are many, what does that do to him? All right? Nothing. Let me explain something to you. When you sin... When I sin, when somebody sins, that doesn't torture God. It's not, that's like ridiculous. When we do something stupid, the heavens don't shake. All right? So slow down. The sin impacts the individual. In Job's argument against his friends, he's like, hey, it's my sin. Back off. And it's like he already is dealing with it, and they're not helping him deal with it. So now they're just aggravating the problem. There has to be this room for the Holy Spirit to do stuff. And there's, there's, there's a time where you, the Lord will have you share, maybe say something to somebody. Then there's this time you think, well, I know better. I'm going to tell this person. And that's you sometimes being the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit. Hey, stop that. There's a right time to correct and to challenge and to rebuke, but that's not every time. Okay, It does say rebuke, but it doesn't say do it every time you open your mouth. And so Job's response to them is, what's that? You're, what are you? It's not you. You're not the one that's going through this. Now, in Job's case, he's well aware that the, what the situation is. He's not blindsided. He's wrong in interpreting it, but he's not blindsided by what's going on. But he does say, you know, he does point out that this is not something that, that is their deepest concern as much as his concern. And there's a great truth to that because of this. Our sin hurts us. You are not going to be cast aside because you're struggling trying to get it right with God. You will be cast aside if you sin and stick your fist in the face of God and say, I'm not going to surrender. But if you turn to God, turn your face to God, ask for help from God, he's not going to cast you out. And people are like, well, the Bible says those who sin, you can't sin. It's that, it, it, that is all context. It has to do with practicing sin. It's defiant sin and open rebellion against God. It's got nothing to do with what's going on here. Zero. Stop confusing and conflating the two. It's part of the bad interpretation of Scripture, which, by the way, in the next two weeks, I'm putting up a 17 points that one person wrote about how you people will use things out of context and blow up Scripture in the wrong way, and that's why they don't get it. Here's the big thing I want you to catch. Our sin affects the waters now. Our sin affects the muddiness now. There's a pipe that comes from heaven to earth. When we sin, we throw mud in it. And it clogs up the flow. And when you turn to God, he cleans all the dirt out. But the difference between that and your eternal relationship is substantial. And the enemy then goes, are you sure you're saved? And you need to answer back if the enemy speaks to you that way. How did you, what did you, you use the word of God. That's what you use. And you can use this answer. This is a good one too. Yes. <laughs> are you sure you're saved? Yes, I'm saved. What do you think of Jesus Christ? What do you think? How do you, do you believe? Yes. 
I be- yes, I believe. Well, you're messing up. That's why I love him so. You see how different that is? It's a different spirit altogether, isn't it? All right. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I, too, have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And you're thinking, that's a great verse, Dave. What does that got to do with Thanksgiving? Right? Because that doesn't have any application except for... God is pictured here as always was, always is, and always will be. And a person who is walking in the dynamic of continually giving thanks is looking at their past with thanksgiving, is looking at their present with thanksgiving, and is looking at their future with thanksgiving because God has operated in the past, the present, and the future, and you have a past, a present, and a future, and when you look at your past and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your present and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your future and you operate with thanksgiving, you're operating in those principles with God, and if you look at your past with thanksgiving, guess what you won't have. You won't have bitterness. And if you look at your present with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A trusting and a confidence. And if you look to your future with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A hope for a better tomorrow. All these principles operate if you will continually walk in thanksgiving on every aspect and element of your life. You won't be bitter. You'll be trusting God and walking in confidence. You'll be looking for a better tomorrow. You'll be operating in the principle of faith. You'll be honoring God and you'll be setting yourself free in your partnership with God, how can that be bad? How can that be bad? I mean, it blow my mind. Crying out loud. We should be thanking God for, oh, but this terrible thing happened. But look how God brought you through it. This terrible thing is happening, but look how God is bringing you through it. Hey, when they start shooting Christians, look how God took you out and brought you to him. I mean, it's like it's all together. You can't escape this. If you look at your life with the continual feast of Thanksgiving, you'll have a continual feast. The David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. As with every Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770. The true station here in Texas. There's no, no better healing balm than to just be into the things of God. I can just tell you that right now. So, uh, ooh, good trivia question here. Now we're going OT. Going OT. Here we go. OT. <laughs> you like I said that? Going OT. Here we go. 
What did Joseph's brothers, Joseph's brothers, tell their father that it happened to Joseph? What did Joseph's brothers say to, to, to Jacob? What did they tell him happened when Joseph did when uh, when uh, Joseph didn't come back? What did they say happened? Them dudes. 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call. 214-210-8483. That would be the number to text. And then David at he must increase.org. That would be the email. What did the brothers tell their dad happened to Joseph? So that uh, so that he could Joseph could understand that he wasn't coming back. That's really the question. Somebody is calling in, and you have been temporarily spared from jokes that will are guaranteed to not be funny, but will still be told. I think you ought to be very thankful that the Lord is giving you extra time to get away from them. That's that, that's how I respond to that. Uh, don't forget. Schedule changing for next week and whatever the case may be, so don't forget that stuff. And then, uh, okay, for those that didn't hear earlier, please be praying for Noel. We had to put Levi down yesterday. Very sad. Well, I cried seven times. She cried a hundred times, and it was, you know, it was real tough there. But uh, we're moving forward. We're getting through it, and you know, we, we know what's going on. We're not unaware, but still, there's a lot of impact, emotional impact on stuff like that. So. Uh, plenty of pictures of Levi though, <laughs> five hundred plus. So that's that's a lot. So he's he's there in that sense. Okay, all right. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia? We're on a hold on that. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the jokes, and you're not gonna hear the normal uh, clap clap or whatever. So you just listen to the jokes, and then you can decide whether they're funny. And if you don't like them, that's fine. Okay. Number one, and then uh, this is the worst of them. Okay. Why aren't koala bears? actual bears why aren't koala bears actual bears they don't have the right koalifications that's right hold on hold on i'm giving myself a clap all right what time does a duck wake up what time does a duck wake up ready at the quack of dawn wait hold on I'm doing my own sound effects. All right. I'm tied up, David. Uh, that's okay. Ready for this one? Wait, ready for this one? All right. <laughs> Three more. This is this is funny, but the last two are classic. What do you call a parade of rabbits marching backwards? A parade of rabbits marching backward for everybody who's 50 years old and older. A receding hairline. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, two more. This one's for Aunt Deb. We do jokes for people, right? This is for Aunt Deb. What do you call a pi- what do you call a pile of kittens? A meowton. You're killing me, Small. <laughs> a meowton. <laughs> and the last one's the best one. Here we go. Have you heard about the joke about the skunk? Never mind. It really stinks. There you go. <laughs> Those are pretty good. All right, somebody is calling, and are they answering a trivia question? Just calling in both. All right, send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, this is Dr. Jesse in Euless, Texas. Hi, Dr. Jesse. How are you? 
I'm great. How are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Doing a lot better than I thought I'd be doing in lieu of yesterday because we had to put our dog down. I thought it'd be really, really wounded. Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I, didn't yeah. Know, I didn't know you had to. Okay. I'm yeah, sorry, brother. Yeah, we did end up do that yesterday. Okay. Maybe you'll see him again in heaven. That's, that's, that's not that's clear. It. But, you know, that's it. That's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the, what we laughed about was, you know, it's on Easter, so we're never going to forget the day he, he passed. It's like, <laughs> that's that worked true. out pretty good. That's true. <laughs> Got to remember those memories. Yep. Recall those memories, right? That's exactly right. Okay, here we go. What did Joseph's brothers tell their father happened to him? Well, they presented Joseph's uh, coat of many colors to their father and said something like, they didn't exactly say it, but the father saw the bloody coat. They wiped the animal blood on it. They saw the bloody coat. The father saw the bloody coat, and they implied that animals, wild animals had gotten in. Exactly correct, Amundo. That is right. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> wing, wing, ding, ding. Give him ding, ding, too. Give him both. That was an excellent explanation, by the way. Very, very good explanation, because that is exactly what happened. And it's so amazing, because they all got in on it, and they're like, uh, we can pull this off, Dad. We can fool Dad. Not a problem. And it's like, did little, little, little did they know that the Lord's writing it down, going, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you like, bet. You bet. We back reap what you. we sow, don't we? Yeah. Awesome. I really appreciate you calling in. Fantastic job. Fantastic answer. You too. bet, brother. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and everything. God bless you and your ministry. And I'm excited about our future, all of us as believers. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I can't, you know what? When it happens, I'm just, I'm so there. It's like, I'm so happy. <laughs> It's like, anytime, Lord, anytime. I don't have to finish this show. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, it's just like that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I believe it. All and right. you know, it's going to happen so fast, not in the blink of an eye, because that's too slow, but a twinkle. So that's actually, right. speed of light, probably, I guess. But anyway, when it happens, we're not going to know anyway. You're just going to be there in the presence of the Lord, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. And then we get to, after the first million or two million of years, being on our hands and knees worshiping, then we can dance on the street. Of gold. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Thank you, awesome, brother. brother. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you too, brother. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent job. Excellent, excellent job. All right. So, all right. So this is good because it's, it's short time. I'm going to still do it. We're going to just go out in about three minutes. Uh, this actually worked out perfect. So uh, Dr. Jesse was just right to actually, you know, Holy Spirit kind of led right, right impromptu right there. Because here's the one thing I want to say, and it's not a part of a text. So that works out good. So we just talked about Job and Job, you know, having muddy waters and doing stuff like that. But I want to point something out to you about Job that's really important. And I wrote it in this note, and I didn't even know why I wrote it, but I'm kind of getting the impression now maybe the Lord had something to do with that. Uh, it says this. In Job, in this case, Job didn't sin. So remember he's talking about, if I sin, what is that to you? He had not sinned in the trial period. So with his reaction to the trial, he passed with flying colors, right? He didn't falter. He didn't falter uh, at all in the trial. Now, for about 29 chapters after that, he, he maybe had less of a stellar presentation, right? What he did initially was stellar, but then he kind of dropped into a sinkhole. Because this is, and this is, I always go back to this one thing of all the things Job did. He goes, I cursed the day I was born. Does that, does that actually work, Job? Did you, did you think somehow you were going to speak that and it was going to go back and curse the day? Or, all right, forget that. He dropped into a sinkhole because of his crummy interpretations of what was happening. That is one of the things that I think that Christians do that is dangerous 
and gives territory to the enemy as well as feeds fear and doubt. And that is, we interpret. Now listen to what I'm going to say. We interpret. We take the events and we interpret them as we understand them. Even though the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Even though the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't mean that you don't use reasoning in life, right? Somebody's in the middle of the road. Reasoning says you don't plow them down. But when it comes to interpreting the things that are going on in your life that are beyond the scope of your life, in other words, when they're in the, not the ether, but when in the upper ranges, it is not given permission for us, listen to what I'm going to say, it is not given permission for us to interpret the events that God has put together and then put our our seal or our stamp of approval on them. Because we often interpret incorrectly what's going on. And when we don't see an end in sight and how God can bring the deliverance, then we start to complain or we do this, we do this. And the bitterness and the grief of it starts to get to us. We've got to stop doing that. We've got to stop interpreting the events in our own sets of wisdom. If the Lord reveals it to us, awesome. But if he doesn't, don't. Just throw darts at the at the balloons, trying to pop them. Let's do this thing called trust. Let's trust in the Lord, okay? We got to trust him for the events in our lives. We're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. But I want us to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, was not... Uh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, 
according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony. Here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a, a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I think for a Monday show, after the whole thing with Levi, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good. And then I'm going to a movie tonight with my son and my grandson, and uh, uh, my son had to pay for the ticket. <laughs> you know what good. he said to me, though? You know, he said, I got to tell you. What's he, that? He, he said, how old are you? I told him how old I was. He goes, uh, he goes, if you were just a little older, I could have got another dollar off. Pretty good thinking, son. <laughs> he, Discount? He, he's a Jewish Christian all the way, baby. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Don't leave me alone. I know what I am. Uh, okay, here's your, here's your trivia question. Now, 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 now. You have to listen to what I say, okay? So Joanne and Cordelia have a pow-pow, okay, just so you can know. And then uh, Eric has a pow-pow. And uh, and then Brad wanted me to do this joke, and I forgot to do this the other day. So he did. He did this. What do you call a bear with no teeth? What do you call a bear with no teeth? A gummy bear. Say what? <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's a good one. Good job, Brad. All right, that doesn't mean everybody should start sending me jokes right now. Okay, send them off the off the showtime. Okay. Anyway, here's the question. Listen to the question because the other one's going to sound similar, and it's not. Okay. Here's the question. Which human author, okay, so human author, so you already wrote the most words in the Bible? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. So if you've called in before, we'll give other people a chance to call in. 972-445-0770. If, that's that's the most words uh, in the whole Bible. Uh, if you want to text in 214-210-8483, and then if you uh, want to email, you can send an email at david at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you up to the website, as we always do. And in sending you up to the website, we're going to remind you of two things. Don't forget about the praise and the prayer forms. Plus, I'm telling you right now, there's already new stuff on the website nobody has ever seen. Now, people don't believe me. It's like, yeah, I'm telling you, one time I'll go in there, like on the old site, I put in uh, plans to build a star, uh, a, uh, a destruction star kind of thing. <laughs> it's not real, but it's in there. Yeah, I just do weird stuff. Anyway, there's new stuff on there. 
And then also on the website is a place to give. It's 100% tax deductible. We 100% appreciate it. You can give directly through the website. It's 100% safe. Or you can give a credit card or, or check. Getting the information from the website, but it's 100% necessary. How's that? That's a good one. Uh, check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> Just a little bit of Tarzan to spice up your Monday afternoon. That's yeah. all we got right there. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to do uh, one more time on the trivia. We'll do uh, the history in the next segment because I'm just too far behind. And I want to get into this next segment. Uh, the question is, which human author okay, wrote the most words? In the Bible? That's the question. It's not, just remember what I said. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in. So you can text in as much as you want, as often as you want. Okay? 214-210-8483. Nothing wrong with that. So if you're a new caller, you want to start texting, text. You just got to text the different number. And then david at hemustincrease.org. That is the email. Got that. Let's get to this next segment, which is... Superbly important. I want you to say this. Now, I'm doing this because I love you guys, and I, I want to be honest with you and as straightforward as I can and all this stuff, uh, but I want to make sure that you catch with me some of these things that I'm catching. Here's what Job says. We're skipping over to Job 19. We're going all the way to verse 23. He says something very unique. He goes, Oh, that my words could be written. Oh, that they can be inscribed on a monument carved with an iron chisel and filled with lead engraved forever in the rock. Hey, hey, Job, uh, prayer request granted. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. Let me explain something for all of us. We're in luck. Yep. Yeah, never have to worry. Why? Because God is omniscient. He knows every word. He knows every thought. He knows Every feeling, whether you whether it's good or bad, he knows every possible nuance about us, including our breath. So yeah, nothing to worry about. Oh, I wish my words could be recorded. First off, I just want to point out that Job's words are in fact recorded in the Bible. <laughs> Which is like, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, not, that's not shabby. Right. Second, I want you and I to be aware that all of this stuff that we go through, it's all recorded, so to speak. Will God hold the sins of our past that we've been redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ against us? No, he will not. But does God know? Sure. You can't be omniscient and not know. Do you understand? That's impossible. If you decide to cover, that's one thing. But the knowledge is there. So the question then comes down to this. What words have we spoken that we want God to remember? Like, you know, that we want them to be recorded. And at the same time, what words have we spoken that we don't want remembered? What thoughts have we had that we don't want 
to remember, but what thoughts do have we had that we do? What actions have we taken that we don't want to be remembered? What actions have we taken that we don't want to be remembered? In other words, I want you to catch or to grasp that the Lord recordeth everything ith. That's a little King James ith for you. So I'm just trying to help you. There's nothing that escapes his attention. This is why all the back street, back door deals of all the governments where they think they're being really sneaky ain't sneaky. I don't, we don't know. I don't know. Dynamite D doesn't know. You guys don't know what they're doing between the United States, Russia, China. We don't know what's going on there. But not one of those things happens that the Lord doesn't know. Not one flub, not one lie, not one deception, not one thing ever happens that God does not know. And one of the saddest things in the Christian church is the loss of understanding the sovereignty of God. Hey, he's in charge. And, and I, 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 I say this with a, a, a form of respect but also with a form of disdain <laughs> simultaneously. God has made these commitments to us, and he won't change because he, he, he cannot lie. He won't change. But if God decides tomorrow, I've decided I'm going to turn everybody into a gummy bear, everybody will be a gummy bear. I just want you to understand the difference between man trying to tell God what God must do and God being sovereign. He is in charge. He knows everything. Everything is recorded that happens in your life. Everybody is guilty before him. Everybody has that chance of redemption. Not everybody, of course, will take that chance for redemption or that opportunity. I love what we've said on the show a hundred times or more. The entire world is heading for destruction and for hell because we were in rebellion against the Creator. And then God, in the process, has sent us the lifeboat called Jesus. Either get on the lifeboat or go over the falls into the crash. That's it. And if you're a person that's like, well, I got plenty of time. No, you don't. In fact, you don't even know what your life will be tomorrow. You don't have plenty of time. You have right now to say yes to Jesus and to surrender, and to repent, and to acknowledge. And if you don't, and you don't confess him, if you don't believe in your heart that God has raised him from you, you don't believe that Jesus died on the cross according to the scriptures, that he was, he, he, he was buried, and that three days later he resurrected according to the scriptures, if you don't believe that in your heart, you don't confess that with your mouth, and you don't believe that in your heart, and don't make that confession, you're in trouble. Every moment is trouble. Get that? All right. Okay, here's the answer to the trivia question. Boy, Dave, that was heavy. I know, but it's important, right? Here's the answer to the trivia question. Which human being wrote the most words in the Bible? The answer is Moses. 125,139 words out of a 800, is it 865,000 some odd in the King James? Something along those lines, okay? That gives you a, a pretty good idea how much he wrote, okay? All right, take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770. That's the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. 
Since the dawn of the internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. Hot topics. Pointing out inconsistencies is not disparaging. It's just the truth. Number two... Our job as in church discipline is where you can't judge those that are outside the church. Number three, uh, the people we were talking about were Christians anyway. Number four, you think this is bad. Wait, this just gets worse and worse, people. Regarding Paul's statement of speaking evil of leaders being inappropriate, the context is also critical and can be misapplied. Now, how many times I told you, watch out for bad Bible brains. The David Spoon Experience. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I do love it when we have a good show. I mean, I can tell when I'm straining or when I'm, I just love a good show. I don't care. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. You know, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know, <laughs> something weird. All right. Anyway, here's, here's your last trivia question. Okay, so we already did the which human author wrote the most words, right? Okay. Which, and here's the last one, which human author wrote the most books in the Bible? See how we did that? How we split those? Huh? See, 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 see? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972 445 0770. 
Additionally, you can text in 214-210-8483 or you can send an email david at org. Kurt is going to get the pow-pow on this one. Which human author wrote the most words in the Bible was the last one. This one is which human author wrote the most books. Isn't that exciting how I did that? Uh, okay, we do have somebody calling in. After they're done, we are going to do our history and then finalize on our last little bit. So let's send the people through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I, I thought I'd be doing a lot worse because of the dog, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm holding my own. I'm sure it'll be tougher at more private times, but right now I feel pretty good. So well, I appreciate good. you asking. Yeah, I'm like, I'll take the grace anywhere anywhere I can get it. I'm taking it. <laughs> That's how I do it. All right, my brother. Which human author wrote the most books in the Bible? I would say Paul. That is correct, Amundo, sir. Absolutely. And here's the little caveat to it as well. He wrote 13 because many people don't believe that Hebrews was written by him. I'm one of those, but I don't believe. I think somebody else wrote that, like probably Barnabas or Apollos or somebody. But he wrote 13 books. That's more than anybody else did. And that's a significant amount, though not as much writing as Moses did. But it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing accomplishment, and it has, by the grace of God, affected the direction of everything we've done in the church and in our Christian lives. It's fantastic. So, Well, I prayed for all of you yesterday, and I will continue to pray for you. Thank you, brother. We'll be praying for you. Everybody's got you on their prayer list, and if they don't, I'll poke them in the eye. No, no, I mean, I'm just saying, we'll, everybody's praying for you, okay? You said be wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. That's right. Exactly right, brother. God bless you, bro. Okay. Good. Bye-bye. All right. (laughs) I'll poke him in the eye. Oh, come on. That's funny. (laughs) I like what Gary added at the end of that. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. We used to, uh, the, it used to be the line, though, that we would use. Are you feeling good? I don't know. Better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick? <laughs> like, okay, uh, I got some morbid stuff. I got it. Not morbid, morbid, just joke morbid thingy. So let's do history real quick. Let's, let's go All right. This is not a joke. Today is National Hug Your Dog Day. That's kind of like bad timing yeah, for me. Yeah, the timing of that. That's yeah. bad timing. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, also, today is uh, Cinnamon Croissant Day. Cinnamon Croissant. Yeah. That's a bit interesting. Maybe I know. A little bit butter and plain. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I would, you know, I'm not sure where I'm at with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking that. Well, uh, it's National Farm Animal Day, not to be confused with National. Animal Farm Day. So Animal Farm is a book. National Farm Animal or Animals. Okay. Uh, and then it's Golfer's Day, and I have a bad golfer joke. Can we hear it? Yeah. You're going to hear it one way or another. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Ready? All right. <clears throat> and don't get offended. If you get offended, stop listening to the show because I got much more offensive material than this. Ready? All right. So uh, Herb uh, comes home, and his wife looks at him. This is an old joke I've told before, and he's breathing really heavy. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my goodness, Herb, what's the matter? And uh, Herb was like, uh, well, we were out there golfing, and then uh, Irving uh, killed over on the third hole. <gasps> That's terrible. What did you do? He said, well, it was really tough. It was hit the ball, pull Irving, hit the ball, pull Irving for 16 holes. 
You need to grow up. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Come on. That's what, okay. Uh, 1912 on this day, the Titanic leaves port for its ill-fated voyage. Never say God can't do something, ever. And then 1926, Superman arrives on planet Earth. Technically, from the comic book, Superman arrived on planet Earth. Actually, it's according to the first episode of the TV show, The Adventures of Superman. So for those who don't know, uh, that's what that's from. All right, let's get to the last of our texts. We only got five minutes left. Uh, here we go on this last sec- section right here. It's a wonderful little portion here. Okay? All right. So he just finishes saying, Oh, that my words can be written. We already talked about that. Verse 25 of Job 19. But as for me, now here's the key. I know my Redeemer lives and that he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet without my body, I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. So you have to understand that prior to this, Job said, uh, once I'm dead, there's nothing. And now look at what Job says. Look at look at this verse. And that that word body, it's a, to that without my body, verse 26, it's translated with body, without body. So it's a, it's called a transliteration. Er, what is it called? Iridect. Let's see. What's it called? It's a, a literal, literalistic. It's like a little thing where it could be this, it could be this. It's like, okay, I, I get the I get what they're saying. Here's what Job is saying, and that's the most important part. Job is saying, look, my Redeemer lives. He's going to stand on the earth, and after my body's gone, I'm going to see God. Now, what Job had said prior is, eh. <laughs> so now here, he's like, he's got this sliver of hope. Let me explain to you something. This is you. Don't, don't be even, don't weird out on me at all, okay? We do the same thing. We go, there's no hope. And then as you go through the trial, you go, well, God can still help me. <laughs> it's like the exact same thing. This is what people don't understand. Why Job is a poetry book? Because of this. This is the poetry of life. You do the same exact thing. There's no hope. I'm going to die. There's nothing. And then two hours later, you go, well, there could be something. <laughs> Maybe something else. That's why. That's what people go. That's a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction. It's humanity expressing their voice just like humanity does. There's no way the Lions could win. Oh, they might be able to win one. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. Even after all his post-trial whining, whining, he still has a moment of clarity. He recognizes that God lives now and forever. And when he's done, his body is gone. And there's this little sliver of dramatic hope where he's like, somehow, without a body, I'm still going to see God. In other words, his faith has just, it just peaked a little, said, hey, wait, it's not fully done. Because remember, for an entire chapter, Job was like, it's over. There's nothing. It's dead. Curse everything. Better to be stillborn. This is what he was saying. So he moves a little. And as you have listened to me teach on Job, and I've spent a lot of time on Job. I've spent a lot of time covering all the chapters. You can see his progression here in this one moment. Now, unfortunately, he's going to dive back down. (laughs) He's going to... But he does this, and tell me if you can relate to this. Okay, God is great. He never does anything wrong. It's perfect. Okay, but this thing I'm going through, this this is terrible. This is a terrible thing, and I don't like it. 
and I'm starting to get frustrated, and I don't really care anymore because I'm irritated because I'm so frustrated, and now I'm getting really mad, and this is really frustrating me because there's nothing to this. Now, somehow God will work this out in some way. But until he does, man, I'm just really going to be upset. And I'm going to keep going down this really mad road. And then knock, knock, God responds. And you're like, oh, I put my hand over my mouth and I shut up because I'm stupid. Here is exactly that in Job. I just want you to understand what's going on. This is humanity. Start off strong. Whine a little bit. Start to interpret things incorrectly, whine a lot, complain, say stupid things, have a moment of brilliance, pop back up, and then right after that, have a moment of stupid, go right back down, down to the ground, down to the ground, complaining, whining. Somebody comes in and rebukes you in some capacity, be it the Elihu the kid or, or, or the Holy Spirit in our case, and then the Lord speaks to you, and then all of a sudden you realize how dumb you've been. Now, don't, don't lie. That is like, wow, that is exactly like the Christian trial. I don't even say the walk. I'd say trial. And you know what's great about that? The redemption at the end. You know what happens at the end? Restoration. Isn't that just so cool? God is so cool. All right, folks, we're going to take a break for the day. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity and spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.